In the life of a church, certain events happen like clockwork each year. You have Christmas, you have Easter, and you have the Harvest Festivals. This sermon is a recording from a live stream at St. Nicholas's North Lopham for their Harvest Festival. But although we were no longer in lockdown, we were still having to abide by pretty strict rules. And so it wasn't business as usual. And so the sermon was in suffering consolation, an atypical harvest sermon. You are listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Path with your preacher Samuel S. Thorpe. May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. It has been far too long since I was last here with you in North Lockham. I was here for a Eucharist with you on the 4th of August, 2019, and I haven't made it back since. Now, it's true to say that both John and Tony have been here regularly, but I haven't been able to join you and to share in worship and fellowship with you for over a year. Now, to be fair, there have been good reasons for this. By John and Tony coming out here more often, it's given me a chance to have the experiences in this, which are helpful as part of my curiosity as I continue to train and learn what the thing that it is to be a priest. I was looking forward to joining you back in March. Indeed, I should have been with you for the 1st of March and the beginning of Lent. Alas, we had to rearrange because I had to be on a curious residential that weekend. No fear, the plan was clear. I was tasked with doing a sermon series throughout Lent in each of the village churches, ending here at North Rockham on Palm Sunday. Alas, though, I made it to Gressingham and to South Rockham and Royden. The nation entered into lockdown before I could make it to Fairsville and Norfolk, depriving me once again of the opportunity to be here with you in person. The Palm Sunday, when I had hoped to be here, was instead the launch of our video reflection series, by which we hoped to offer what we could until we were able to be reunited. In this whole sense of it having been a long time since I was here, reminds me very much of Paul's second letter to the church in Corinth. He opened with these words, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all consolation, who consoles us in all of our affliction, so that we may be able to console those who are in any affliction, with the consolation which we ourselves are consoled by God. For just as the sufferings of Christ are abundant for us, so also our consolation is abundant through Christ. If we are being afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation. If we are being consoled, it is for your consolation, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we are also suffering. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, 
so you also share in our consolation. And with these words, Paul is identifying with the Corinthians, but by acknowledging that both he and they have shared in a time of suffering while he has been gone. He goes on to say that he intended to join them soon, but was unable, and will later end by saying that he hopes to return to them soon. Is this not similar to you and I? We had hoped to meet, but were prevented, and have each endured the unprecedented lockdown and concerns surrounding COVID, which continue to shape our lives and will do for the foreseeable future. Indeed, it today means that we meet to celebrate harvest, but it's not the harvest festival which we are familiar with over the years. We've been able to decorate the church, we've not been able to gather with all the children, we've not been able to sing those rousing harvest hymns, or to bring our offerings of food up to the altar. Harvest is supposed to be a time of celebration, but in truth, we might feel that this year is not the year to celebrate. Maybe we've even wondered, where is God in all of this? For Paul, the glory of God is found in the suffering of Christ. Just as the sufferings of Christ are abundant for us, so also our consolation is abundant through Christ. That is, by Christ's death upon the cross, he embraced the suffering of all of us and took it with him into his tomb. By his resurrection, emerging from the tomb to live again and forevermore, now impervious to the shadow of death, he has won for us a consolation, a promise of redemption, forgiveness and healing, such that leads us in the paths of eternal life. Lockdown has been hard, but what Jesus endured was harder, and he endured it for us, so that we might have hope in the midst of our present sufferings, that we shall share in his eternal blessings. And holding on to this hope, we find that we are capable of great things, even things which we don't instinctively recognize as being great. For instance, you have been back in this building for worship since the first Sunday of August, an achievement of which you should be satisfied. For even today and the last couple of weekends, I have been hearing of churches who are opening for their first service of worship since the lockdown. Now it's not that we are better than they are, but we should acknowledge that we have had the opportunities to gather in a limited way, in a way which is a testament to our faith and our desire to come and worship God, to receive forgiveness of our sins, and to participate in the Eucharist. You have done this freely and willingly, without any pressure. It is these kinds of acts to which Paul refers when he encourages us to be cheerful givers, acts of generosity to which we apply ourselves, because they form our response to the generosity of God's love for us, shown in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Paul says, 
And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance, so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. This is not, perhaps, a harvest of wheat and grain, but of righteousness and personal character. As we can't do harvest in our normal way, let us look to the heart of what harvest represents for us, the witness of our changed lives, impacting the lives of those around us. That is, of our being the church, of our glorifying God by our obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ and by the generosity with which we share with others. This has never been more important for us to take to heart than in a year like this year, with all the hardships we have faced as a church. And now we find ourselves anticipating the imminent arrival of five more churches coming to join the Disney ministry. Next month, St. Nicholas's of North Lockwood will go from being one of six to one of eleven. And the simple reality of our situation is that the health of our churches depends more and more on the people of God in the pews rather than on the clergy standing here at the front. We will pray for you daily. We will come and baptize, marry and bury. And we will celebrate the Eucharist with you, forgiving you in the name of Jesus and encouraging you in all that you do. Yet it's not just about us coming to you in the name of Jesus, the living Son of God. It's about how you will respond to the presence of the Holy Spirit within your hearts, live out your faith in your community, attracting them to come and share in the fellowship of the Church. As Paul says, the one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Yet the one who sows abundantly will also reap abundantly. God will be with you, even on the Sundays when the clergy cannot be with you in person. And if you are prepared to dare, with generous hearts, God will honour your efforts with the fruit of the Gospel. So let us not be afraid or fearful of the difficulties which lie ahead. The promise of the Gospel is that Jesus will be with us in them, and in the light of his presence, the darkness shall be dispelled, that we might glorify God in all things as we strive to keep our churches healthy in this new season of the church's life. Amen. Um.